good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. So episode one is history, and we are back and better than ever. Thanks for joining us today on our podcast that's intended for professional vacation rental managers. The last time in our inaugural episode, we introduced ourselves. Just to remember, I'm Tim. And I'm Sarah. And we promised this time around we would give you some takeaways. Well, we intend to deliver on a promise. And for, so for our first episode, we decided to focus on something that crosses the mind of every vacation rental manager at one time or another. And that is, is what I am doing making a difference? Am I needed? And so in the spirit of what seems to be every Facebook post these days, we decided to do a top 10 list of reasons why you can be confident that property owners need you. So, Sarah, I was speaking with my top producing real estate sales agent just a couple of days ago. Uh, we were talking about motivation and how we all need a little boost now and then. We all tend to suffer from, uh, you know, image and, and self-confidence issues sometimes. We question ourselves, am I doing the right thing? You know, why did that owner leave me? That guest posted a bad review on TripAdvisor. So our job today is to be our Zig Ziglar or Tony Robbins or Susie Orman or Barbara Corcoran or whomever your favorite motivational speakers are, and we are ready to pump you up. So on to the first episode, Sarah. Start us off. All right. And as we promised, we're going to keep it succinct into a format of telling you some takeaways, sharing our experience, and then we will sum up what we learned, plus a little news segment. So number one, the number one on the top 10 reasons you can be confident that owners need you is we're locals. And it's a big deal in a resort community that many of you live in to know who to call and who not to call to maintain your property. In Winter Park, the reputation is if you call somebody to get plumbing help or electrical help or whatever you need, they usually don't even call you back, much less show up. So the fact that you're a bigger company that knows and has been in the area and can find somebody to show up when it really matters is going to save your owners money. Not only is the guest happy, but the owner's happy because you didn't have to get money back because the toilet didn't work or the heat went out. So when I lived in Denver, you know, if you remember, if you listen to podcast number one, I used to do this from Denver as a private homeowner. I know how it feels. Plumbers wouldn't call me back. When they did, they would maybe show up way later after 10 phone calls and didn't even fix the leak. And I had to call back to the guest 10 times to try to get them to see if something was fixed. That is not what an owner wants to deal with. And sure enough, I'd have to give money back. Tim, how about you? Well, you couldn't have said it any better, but I would add just two things. Number one, back to the uh, locals, you know, 
here on the Outer Banks, we go through, it seems like, hurricane scares on a regular basis, you know. And uh, just recently we had Hurricane uh, Irma, and everybody's eyes were on me, you know, whether it be the local vendors, whether it be the owners, whether it be the guests. You know, we are the kind of the, to use a, uh, you know, cliche analogy, kind of the eye in the storm. And, again, back to those vendors. The other thing that occurs to me is I'm the guy that writes the checks. You know, you get me a bill on Wednesday, I pay you on Friday. There's something to be said for that. You know, the guy knows who I am. I've been here 25 years. He's going to do what I ask because he lives down the street or his daughter is in dance class with mine or, you know, I coached his kid in soccer or whatever the case might be. Yeah, boots on the ground. You can't overestimate that. Yeah, and, you know, you just brought up a good point. You have clout. They want your business again, so they are going to call you back. It's a big deal. Yep, those checks do cash pretty well. Uh, you know, another one is, I guess, number two, is we have the inside scoop and can proactively help those guests when an event occurs out of their control. So, you know, there's lots of stuff that happen. Uh, and, you know, we understand what's going on. And so uh, I know you had an issue there in Winter Park recently. Yes. So in Winter Park, um, we have the mountain pass closes quite often meaning the way you get to Winter Park. And we know it's shut down before the Colorado Department of Transportation knows. So we're able to quickly get the word out, call guests that are leaving, call guests that are coming in, and make sure they have an easy way to know how to get around that pass or when it's back open. That's a huge deal for guests. Yeah, for my part, I can think, of course, I just said the hurricane analogy. You know, we've been through, I think I told you that we've been through like 33 named storms in the last 12 years here on the Outer Banks. So we know what we're doing. But another issue that occurred about a week and a half, two weeks ago, was I had a house struck by lightning and actually caught on fire. And instead of having to go through the, uh, you know, the emergency phone and figure out who's on duty or whatever, I got a call from the fire chief. <laughs> He's like, Tim, you need to get up here. Your house is on fire. You know, so uh, just being there and being known, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big, big deal. And, and to that point, this is something you can say to owners when you're, you know, creating fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But to say, what would it feel like in Texas to get a phone call that says, hey, the pass is closed. How do we get there? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, my ha- the house just got struck by lightning. How would owners even deal with that? That's, that's impossible. They wouldn't even know what it meant by the pass is closed. So um, pretty big deal to, that we can provide that by being boots on the ground. No question. Speaking of which, what's your number one maintenance call? Well, that's funny you say that. Number three on our top 10 list is internet and TV. Let me repeat, internet and TV. I could say it 50 more times. I bet everyone's shaking their head as they drive in their car and listen to this podcast. The number one guest call. Is that you too, Tim? Oh, my Lord. I was on emergency phone duty about a month ago, and I got a call at 7, 720, 730 and like 745 all of them i can't figure out the password or the internet is down or whatever and i have an eight-year-old you know it's an emergency so people do want to be connected all the time they really do and this has gotten to be a bigger issue even the past three years in fact we're noticing people don't care about 
TV as much as they care about internet. This is something you should be telling your owners, possible owners that are working with you, maybe considering it doing it on their own, maybe considering doing the management part on their own and using a company just to get bookings. You can't solve the phone and you can't solve I mean, sorry, you can't solve the TV or the internet over the phone. You just can't. Um, and guess, honestly, Tim, they think it's just a little, little less than struck by lightning and the house is on fire. This is a huge deal to people when they care about watching the Carolina game, right? Oh, absolutely. Got to have uh, your sports. The other, I don't know if you've seen this as well. What we noted this summer, particularly because we're kind of coming out of our season here, is the speed of the Internet. You can't just have Internet. You got to have high speed that will uh, have five devices and you run the TV as well. So uh, this is something um, owners, they, you know, they they need to know and you're the one to tell them. So while we're on that, just a quick tip that will give you ideas as we go through the podcast. If you are ever having Comcast or DirecTV issues, whatever it's called in your area, Xfinity done at our company is ask every owner to put us on the account. But in Comcast and others won't let you just put one name on the account. They won't let you put Winter Park Lodging Company on the account. So we came up with an androgynous name. So we have every owner put Pat Smith on the account and so we know to say we're pat smith so if it's a man or it's a woman calling we can get access to their comcast account and that's for service well in the first episode we said sometimes you're going to need to pull over and write some things down pull over and write that one down that's a good one i I hadn't (laughs) thought of that really good hey another one uh and i think we're on number four if i'm counting uh correctly here and that's accounting you know (laughs) It seems really easy until you have to be on the side doing something. I I find that a lot, but accounting is a great example of that. You know, for our owners, most of us who are vacation rental managers, professional vacation rental managers, you will, we provide our owners a monthly statement. We provide them a monthly disbursement. We provide them all of the, uh, you know, accounting duties that uh, they would have in an accounting firm, quite frankly, where we pay their taxes, uh, state sales tax, local lodging tax. You know, we have our finger in the wind on issues uh, that, that, happen you know locally here we had a local tax go up in the middle of the summer and so we had to go back and recollect tax from guests with the whole accounting aspect of it that cannot be underestimated when you talk about your value to a homeowner absolutely tim it doesn't sound very sexy to talk about but we all should we all should mention it and we should also um remind them that not just the accounting but the idea of charging guests and make sure you're charging the guests the right amount at the right time and how to get a re- give them a refund or to charge them if they damage something all of that is very touchy with with guests and an owner doing it it's most likely not going to get it right and have quite a headache. Yeah, well, and there's the whole issue of credit card chargebacks. Uh, you know, unless you are an expert at that process, you will fail. There's just no two ways about it. Uh, and the uh, the other thing that comes to mind is the owner that invariably calls you on April the 10th and says, can you give me all of my tax information from last year? I still have my taxes to do. So, uh, yeah, they definitely rely on us for that. And last thing there on number four on accounting with the with the taxes is sometimes owners say, hey, I just heard there's a tax. There's a lodging tax. Have you been collecting that? Have you been paying that? And a panic. Yes, yes, we know. We've been collecting it and we've been paying it. Don't worry about it. So talk about accounting. Number five, 
is hot tub management. How many of you out there have hot tubs at your properties? Uh, most likely you do if you're in any, well, even in the Outer Banks where it's hot most of the time, you have hot tubs. So this, when I was a private owner, speaking from the dreaded private owner perspective, was the biggest pain. Guests would call at 10 o'clock at night when they decided to get in the hot tub and it was cold or it was lukewarm or it wasn't hot as hot can be. And I didn't know what to do. I mean, the hot tub guy didn't care about me. And so I would have to say, I'm sorry. I did. I don't, you know, take a hot bath. <laughs> anyway, this is another example of where you're really going to give money back. And because you have a hot tub person, maybe in house or even we have, we outsource it, but he takes care of 45 of our hot tubs and he has for 10 years. So he shows up on December 24th at seven o'clock at night. Otherwise I'm given a thousand dollars a night back for something like that. That's a big deal to guests, especially at a ski resort. No doubt. Well, and here I might put a hyphen behind hot tubs and put swimming pools as well, because I think I have all but about all but about three percent of my properties have hot tubs and swimming pools. And that whole thing, you know, whether it's your fault or not, you're going to get blamed for it. And I, I'm reminded of a story back a few years ago around Thanksgiving time. We had a hot tub breakdown, and I call this guy who is the you know Joe hot tub vendor or whatever, and he actually answers his phone, which is good because that doesn't always happen. But he answers the phone and I said hey, we got a problem, then I need you down here. He goes, dude, I'm in Costa Rica. You're on your own. <laughs> so <laughs> that pretty much sums up the whole experience there of outside vendors. And, uh, you know, again, back to that clout thing, we can get a few things done. So uh, that moves me on to item six. Little items become big when you can't fix them. You know, so most of us do have, you just referred to the hot tub guy, you know, general maintenance guy on staff. We typically won't get into anything that requires a license and, you know, any kind of a danger zone like electrical or plumbing or air conditioning or whatever. But when there's an issue with a guest, you need to get on it, whether it be that sliding door that doesn't lock just right or, you know, there's ants in the living room or, you know, the, the clogged uh, drain in the third floor bathtub. You need somebody there and you better get on it because those are the kind of things that can destroy you in a guest's eyes about, you know, this owner doesn't care or what have you. And it's just common practice for us. You know, today, as we're doing this, is a Monday morning. I have four maintenance techs in the field. They took, I think, an average of 12 work orders each. And I think the longest time any of those work orders is going to take them is about 15 minutes. But for them to darken the door is the main uh, you know, thing they need to do today. Absolutely, Tim. And this is something, again, that a private owner cannot handle and you need to talk about it. This is the fear, uncertainty, and doubt you need to bring up. If a private owner cannot deliver more firewood or replace the propane tank when it goes out or they're missing some pull-out sheets or something like that, and they say, oh, I'm so sorry about that. I'm, I'm in California. That doesn't cut it. And the guest these days does not accept that. You will be giving money back. You will be getting bad reviews, which just hurts your revenue. And once again, that pays for our percentage. 
just in the money saved of handling things in 15 minutes, like you said. Yeah, one more thing on that, that propane uh, that you mentioned, well, that's big. Everybody wants to grill out at the beach. I'm sure the case, uh, the same in the mountains. But I don't know why it is, but the propane always runs out when the steaks get ready to get put on the grill, you know? It's 610, and they've got 12 people, and they just bought all this food, and they have no gas. And so a little tip, uh, you know, we, we are a propane vendor. We actually made an arrangement with a local propane company where they deliver the canisters to our office, and so all of our guys have them on the truck. But another little tidbit, we actually change the hours of our maintenance staff to have someone on duty every day until 7.30 p.m. so they can go and deliver propane right there on the spot. And talk about a victory. When somebody shows up at, you know, if the call comes in at 6.10, when somebody shows up at 6.25 with a brand-new propane tank, we suddenly have a hero. I love that, Tim. And if anybody out there has an idea, share it on our Facebook page about how to make that any better because we got nervous about leaving an extra propane tank you're not really supposed to do that in a garage. Um, but it does kill us that people have their meat on the grill and boom, they have to call us. But it can be a wow experience when we show up really fast. Okay, that brings me to number seven. I would all I always ask owners that are thinking about doing this on their own in any capacity, oh, so you want to be on call twenty four seven? You mean you want to have the phone by your bed? Uh, and that usually seems to work, but that's a big deal that we do that. And hopefully all of you are doing that. You're on call 24 seven, not you personally, but you have staff that are helping you with that challenge. Um, you know, we get emergency calls all the time at midnight or at one in the morning and the calls are literally, they push the emergency button to say, can I get a late checkout or, you know, my TV doesn't work at one in the morning. It's happened. And if a guest obviously has the owner's phone number, they're going to get those phone calls. And so you better answer and you better, you know, have um, a solution for them. So that's a, that is just the biggest pain if you just owned one home and you want to enjoy it as well. So important to talk about the 24-7 coverage. No question. And I don't know about you. We have actually a voice recording scenario where their calls get screened before, you know, this, so they don't go immediately to an emergency phone. They go to a voicemail box, which activates the emergency phone. So you get, as the person on emergency phone duty, you have an idea what you're walking into. And on that voicemail, it always says, this isn't an emergency, but, and then you fill in the blank uh, with whatever it is. And you're right. You got to return every phone call, it, whether it's the internet being out as we already covered or the propane or whatever it is. Uh, that's what we're paid to do. You know, so there you go. It leads us into number eight, marketing. You know, this is an area I feel so strongly about, you know, we, whatever you, whoever the collective we is, vacation rental management professionals, we have a marketing department for the most part, whether it is a hat that we wear in a small agency or whether it is an actual room with four people working in it. We are about marketing our properties. And I think we all feel very strongly about how well we do that in whatever aspect we do. I feel very strongly about my marketing team. They are the absolute best. And, you know, that is part and parcel of hiring me. You get the benefit of the expertise that I have on staff. I truly believe every management person I have is the best at what they do. And I guess I better feel that way because I feel like I have the best firm. But at any rate, marketing, you just can't, you can't compete on an individual level versus a professional. 
You know, Tim, and that brings me to something we often put with marketing, which is sales and marketing. And um, it's kind of back to number seven on the 24-7 is not only do you do great marketing, but when you get an inquiry, whether it's a phone call, an email, whatever it may be, you have to respond to that quickly. Guests are expecting an instant response or they're going to book with somebody else. So as an owner or even, you know, another company that maybe is not fully staffed, that's a huge, uh, you know, deal that you are getting back to them so quickly. And that increases conversion, that increases bookings, and once again, is paying for that percentage. And the other thing with that is that there's marketing going on before, during, and after the stay. You know, owners aren't doing that. So once a guest books with you, they don't just stay quiet till they arrive. They have questions and you have to be answering those in a friendly way and on time before they get there and even after they leave. So um, a massive resource we're putting into that that we need to talk about with potential owners. Sounds like a show on its own. How about rate management, though? That's a good one. Yeah, so number nine, rate management. This has become a hot topic lately um, because everyone's getting so fancy with it, with yield management. Whether you do yield management and For those of you that are not sure what that is, yield management is when you are looking at trends each week, each day, comparatively to competition and what's going on in your area, and your rates are going up and down. If you look at a a self-managed listing on VRBO or one of the listing sites, you'll notice a lot of owners will set their rates. Some owners still have every night is $250 all year. And then some have gotten pretty fancy and now they have weekend and weekday rates or maybe they have two rates, one during Christmas and the rest is another rate. Well, that doesn't cut it anymore and you can make a lot more money when you have rate management, whether you're yielding on your own or with a software system. And what that means is, uh, you know, Winter Park Lodging Company, for example, is going to make an owner a much more money by charging $700 next week because the Jazz Fest is going on and then bringing it down to 450 the next week when there's nothing going on in town. That, again, just number nine right here, makes up our percentage to the owner. You have to talk about rate management. A question, and there is no owner that has tools that we do. Again, you might have ex- excellent spreadsheets. You might have 12 years of history on the property. But I literally, I have a tool. I can look on my uh, desktop, and I can see what are the four-bedroom ocean fronts in this particular area renting for, and what is the occupancy rate right now. And uh, it's just amazing what we have at our, uh, our fingertips, and we can tell an owner, hey, you know what? Uh, I know it's six months away, but the week of Labor Day looks like it's going to be a little soft. We might need to do something. Or, hey, Thanksgiving's really popular. We could probably raise our rate right now and get you another $250 a night or whatever the case might be. So there is hands down. Not even a contest on uh, rate management. So that gets us to our last one, and that's now that v, uh, VRBO and Airbnb have uh, you know thousands of li- uh, listings in your uh, in your resort town. You know you really can't compete, and so maximizing that list with loyal return guests, uh, they they just can't touch it. The whole branding thing, you know, from the moment that you said before, during, and after your stay, it just. You know, you can't do that with third-party uh, vendors. Yeah, and can I add to that, Tim? Please. Um, 
we we very much are tracking our OTA dependence, and that will be the topic of the next episode. But we saw that we were about 30% of our bookings were from OTAs or online travel agents, VRBO, Airbnb, they all fall in that category. And 70% were from our return guest list, organic search to the website, other marketing channels that requires a lot of detailed email marketing tactics that owners are not going to do. And you need to talk about this with owners who are considering possibly going with what you call, we might call the mega manager, we'll talk about later, who are just going to list their property on OTAs. Where are they going to get the other 70% in Winter Park? We have the list. They don't. This is, again, how we're going to maximize their revenue. So that leads us right into a regular segment we're going to have. We'll refer to it as not so hot off the press, but definitely happening. And it'll be a look at news in our industry. And so today the issue is changes at home away, particularly and how that's really affecting how some vacation rental managers are doing business, not only owners, but uh, vacation rental managers. It has been a steady, if not predictable, change in the landscape between HomeAway and the professional vacation rental manager over the last uh, 18 months or so. Uh, very closely tied to HomeAway's being acquired by Expedia, uh, if you look at it that way. And as it relates to property owners who've used uh, VRBO, the changes are akin to a uh, you know, transgender or, or, or sex reassignment. I mean, nothing is what it used to be for owners in the world of uh, vacation rentals. But And now it is coming fast and furious for vacation rental managers as well. So, Sarah, tell us uh, what's been happening here the last uh, couple of weeks or month regarding HomeAway. Right. Well, most of you have heard of this, most likely, that you no longer can see emails or have guests call you directly from a VRBO listing. That was always the case on Airbnb. So if you've been using Airbnb, you got used to it. But a private owner prides themselves on talking with their guests before they book. That seems to be one of the reasons they want to do it on their own. Now they can't even talk to them. In fact, I called VRBO as a fake guest recently and said, I have a question about this listing. When does it normally start snowing in Winter Park? And she said, well, I don't know. I'm just VRBO. I said, but you're the phone number on the listing. She goes, well, you'd have to contact them. And I said, well, how? And she said, you have to send them an email. And then the email comes through as what we call a masked email, M-A-S-K-E-D. And then you have to write back and forth without knowing who they are. This is a big deal for private owners. They don't like it. And it's getting harder and harder for them to manage um, their listing. So I actually think it's in a way, good for the professional manager that this is happening, even though it's a little tough. There, We're also hearing there's punitive damages that VRBO is putting on private owners or professional vacation rental managers for trying to circumvent those guests back to their website. And we'll tell that story on the next podcast. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different than the really... Uh... They're creating a dependence on the OTA, so it's kind of predictable on that. So, all right, so let's sum it up. Uh, we said we'd review everything top ten, and so number one, we have who to know, who to call, and have clout when you do it. Number two, professional vacation rental managers have the inside scoop and can help guests when events occur. Number three, internet slash TV slash technology. You can't solve it from your couch number four the not so sexy accounting topic 
we take care of taxes, statements, and make sure the guests are charged and refunded correctly. Number five, we'll call it uh, the only reason I rented this house is because hot tub management. If you don't have it, you're going to be paying for it. Number six, little items become big refunds. Make sure you can fix them in 15 to 20 minutes like Tim can. (laughs) Number seven, uh, my family's favorite, on call 24-7. Number eight, expert marketing. You got to be able to do something besides have a VRBO listing. No doubt. Number nine, we'll say is rate management. We have the tools. We have the experience. We know what in the heck we're doing. And number 10, not not last, with last but not little or however that said, <laughs> multiple sources of reservations, not just OTAs. This is incredibly important to talk to owners about and they just can't compete with anything besides having a VRBO or Airbnb listing. So that'll do it for episode two. Reasons you can be confident that owners need you. We hope you got some of the takeaways. Please visit us at our website, www.c2skiwithsarahnt.com, or on Facebook. Give us comments about the episode, make some suggestions for future shows, and join us next time when we give you four strategies to fend off OTA dependence. That sounds pretty good. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Tim. This was fun. So long, everybody. 